And I'm Kay, and remember, we only judge a book by its cover. And we find ourselves once more amid the towering stacks of your library what where is I... a towering stack, even? What? Okay, so the stacks. Stacks yes. of books. I have shelves. Yet, yeah, no, they're still called the book, the stacks. The stack, like, okay, so a stack is not a, it's not necessarily a pile. Oh, I thought it was a pile of books that I keep in the... Oh, never mind. Well, okay, no, I know about some of the piles that you keep around, and there's also the piles that I, that I sort of formed in order to construct various uh-huh. structures, but no, it's called the, it's called the book stacks. Uh, uh, those are the you know, you know the cupboards yeah. and the and the, and the shelves like the nightmare stacks. Ah, yeah. uh, what? Never mind. We'll come to that later. Okay, great. Well, so this is a good introduction. So this is where where baffling books are reviewed, but not read by yours truly. And I I, I really can't wait to uh, review this week's book with you. But before we do that, maybe we should catch everybody up on the unnecessary lore that has spun around this literary review podcast, where I've spent the last ooh six months. Yeah, call it that. You call it six months. Uh, as a as a guest in your library, and I've been yes, subsisting. That's, that's a very nice way to put it. Thank on you. the yes, honestly, I've been I've been enjoying it. It's it, it's given me some challenges, and mm-hmm. it's given me a lot of opportunities. It's a good that, workout too. Uh, have you seen these guns? Wait, how how did you make those? <laughs> uh, yes, uh, and well, the situation with the uh, Velivoraptors, whom mm-hmm. I whom I once befriended, and who have sort of turned on me now that I'm I'm, I'm a junior uh, librarian. librarian. Yes. Yeah, so. Uh, <sighs> Things are things are continuing to worsen. So after okay. I've moved the yeah the uh, uh, the section of of books based on films based on books up to the up yeah. to the upper upper shelves, I mean they're pretty clever. They and they really want to kill those books. The nights are are very long while I try and guard them, and they try various strategies. And we could move them into the grimoire cage. They can't get in there. I don't want to be in the grimoire cage. Oh, if you'd rather prefer sitting up all night and guarding yourself, yes, and the books, absolutely, like, the little velibraptors. Oh, they're they're crafty though. Mm. Like they've they. I mean, they come at you from the side. And from above. Clever girl. Oh, not so far. Oh, good luck. Ah, Lucky that is, for you. No, that is a very good point. I'm going to check out the. Uh, you've got what a, a system ceiling up here you've got probably air mm-hmm. vents or or whatever all right i'm gonna to have to trap those yeah. <laughs> they're not gonna get me you might take the uh, the drapes and like use them to like form it like kind of like a shape like a clumbo yeah exactly yeah. Like for oh yeah it'll be a it'll be a sort of funnel trap yeah so it may be clear that i've 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 taken sides Mm-hmm. Um, because there, apparently there are sides in the library, and there is the the the, the wildlife, and there are the books. And I'm on, as a junior librarian, I'm on the side of the oh, books. Oh, very good. Uh, I've got my uh, I've got my tweed, uh, well, imaginary tweed uniform. It's really tweedish, bookworm leather sort of stick yeah. together. The last skirmish with the uh, as you mentioned, nippy little velociraptors did did tear them up a bit at the at the sleeves, and I, so it's more like it's more like a fancy boy's romper at this point well. with. Uh, but again, check out these guns. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. It's like looking good. It's Thank like all you. That, all that heavy book lifting must be paying off. It comes to that. I mean, I can get you to like help in move a new section next week. That would be lovely. Oh, yes. I'd be honored. I'd be delighted. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a truckload arriving and we'll have to... Uh, Will the I truck have a driver? Uh, Will I get to meet another human being? No, no, no. They, oh, they, okay. They're back up to the loading dock, and that's that's all. Ah, that's need. probably yeah, yeah. It's probably safer. So another. Yes. We're gonna have to clear off a little section. We need to expand visitor center a little bit because we'll be having an open day in the library soon. Oh, oh, that's very exciting. Well, um, hmm, hmm. the visitor center is the central habitat of the Velibraptors, so I oh, think yeah, I'm going to over. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but I'm going to have to go on the uh, offensive. I we, think we, we, maybe we can like start in the cafeteria and then kind of like drive them back slowly. Yeah, like a beachhead. Uh, yeah, see if we, see 
see if we can maybe shuffle them into the uh, secretary's office. What's with all the biohazard stickers on the secretary's office? It's the secretary. Wow. I okay, thought so we were done with plumbing the depths of this it's library. It's a good but- point that you mention that, because like putting the library raptors in there might not be advisable because what if they figure out how to work the photocopier? <laughs> yes, who knows? Well, we, we might wind up with lots and lots of uh, Xerox Velibraptor bums. I was, going to more, I was more afraid of Velibraptor fanzines. <laughs> Can you imagine how great those would be? I don't think great is the word that I would use. Yeah, but it's... They're, well, they're clever little little yes. subs. Like they, like their, they like to dress up in their costumes. I can only imagine that one thing, you know, when they get the pens and the paste and the, and the, and the, and the stencil um, paper. They yes. must be capable of doing some great things. It kind of horrifies me, the thought, but I'm not entirely... I don't think I want to plumb the depths of... Of their minds. Well, you haven't spent the last weeks um, in, in, in their company learning uh, their ins and outs, both as their friend and now, I won't say enemy, but adversary. I think that's fair. Nemesis. We're opponents. Well, there yet. I think we need boundaries, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, I understand that at first I was a, I was a guest in their habitat, but their habitat was actually your library. And your library mm. now has a junior librarian. And that means that these boundaries... You know, they organically shift as we all as we all that's grow and evolve in our, our well, roles. Yeah, that's a very mature way of looking at it. Speaking of maturity, yes. what do we have in store for our readers this week? Ah, yes. Uh, this book is one of Spider Robinson's later works, Telempath. Yes, and it's a it's a portmanteau. It's one of my favorite types of word in the in the in the world. Why why is that? Why why do what, what do you enjoy about what do you like about portmanteau so much? Oh, I like the economy. A portmanteau is a combination of of two words that are that are joined up usually by like skipping a few syllables, but you you do still kind of get what they're what it about. So in this mm-hmm. case, it's like telepath, empath. Those prefixes are kind of combined to indicate that not only is it is it remote sensing, but it's a remote emotional sensing. Yes, that's what I got out of. The- book as well so yes for those of us that uh, don't know who uh, spider robinson is he is a uh, including uh, myself science uh, he's, he's a giant a, spider science fiction writer of some fame oh. mostly known for the uh, callahan's cross time saloon series and reputedly the person who coined the saying that on the internet nobody knows you're a dog that was him yes but yeah. i'm a dog well yes but she beat you to it <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's it's actually from Callahan's Cross Time Saloon, where one of the characters who frequents the bar is called Ralph von Wow Wow, who is a science fiction writer himself. Ah. And uh, he really <laughs> loves the internet age because it just made life for him so much simpler for him because you could oh, just, like, yeah. he could just like, simply be his canine self on the internet. And, like, yeah. You know, like, so, um, I mean, before we get into the cover... We always the, get into the cover. That's what books are all about. And uh, for the readers at home, uh, if you look down at your podcasting device, you should, should be seeing the cover of today's book. And if not, you can look in the show notes for an image and a link. And boy, howdy, there is some... There's a few things going on there. There's some shit going on. Yes, right. it's the opening scene of the book. Well... Part yeah, of it's yeah, the yeah. I mean, the once the it's, once the once the action takes place in the in the present, I mean, yeah, it starts off with a, some some little vignettes of right. the past. But uh, then it's like, well, we've got him sitting there on this on the uh, bench. This is why you can tell that it's it's a little bit allegorical, well, not allegorical, but it's a, a bit more of a mishmash of what's going on because he's clearly not bitten into the sandwich yet. Whereas all the things happening around him start to happen after he's yes. eaten his sandwich. Yes. So, so we have a, we have a, an, an elderly looking gentleman with some 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 wild grey hair and a, and, a, and a nice clean moustache, and he's sitting on a on a park bench in a. a uh, in, a, in a city with skyscrapers behind him, yes, and he's sitting there with his uh, uh, with his lunch, and beside him is a skeleton yes. and uh, uh, some crows and a jaguar and some other skeletons. Is a jaguar or a leopard? Uh, well, let us zoom in. Rosette, so that's a jaguar. Mm, leopards oh, have no jaguars, s- but they're they're leopards filmed. have jaguars. Yes, that's right. 
<laughs> it's, they have the dark orange in the middle of the rosette, so that was what makes it a jaguar. In leopards, the, the inner part of the rosette is, is the same color as the uh, fur around them, and in jaguars, the uh, oh. uh, rosettes are filled in with a little bit of darker orange. Oh, I see. That's, right. Well, and okay. of course, you can tell by the by, by the shape of the head, but that that would probably yeah, be but... lost in the skill of the artist who drew the, uh, who drew the yeah, cover. Yeah. Well, is it? I mean, I I, I would I would oh, count it's... this this artist fairly fairly competent. It's, it's a well done leopard. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes or jaguar. We ha even have a Twitter account. There is it. I said we have. But there we is do. A, it's cover my ass cast on Twitter. <laughs> there is a Twitter account called Hourly Cheetahs. Yes. You'd think they know they're cheetah from a leopard, but even there, occasionally, the odd leopard sneaks, <laughs> sneaks its way through the culling process of the uh, photos. Well, at least in, in, in Dutch, cheetahs are called jachtluipaard. They're called hunting leopards, and I believe that there's other languages in which uh, uh, there are similar modifications of the, the basic leopard. Mm. You know what, why they're called hunting leopards? No. Because they already, already the Egyptians domesticated them in order to take them hunting, to go hunting with the See, leopard. To go hunting with the leopard. Yes, they were used leopards used for hunting. Not the tree leopards, but the hunting leopards. Oh, that is indeed what I, what I thought. Yes, yeah, that you, the, the ones that you could domesticate and take yeah. hunting because they are uh, reportedly very domesticable yeah. cheetahs. They're quite timid, yeah. They can have agreeable relationship with, uh, uh, with humans. Yeah, uh, part, part of that's because of the way that they're, uh, they're, they're naturally raised. Uh, leopard cubs are born, mum feeds them. And uh, then mom goes off to do their thing. And they're very inquisitive and self-learning. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they'll just like, they'll prance around, prance around and do their thing. Whereas cheetahs uh, are taught by their, by, by their mother. They, uh, right. Cheetahs learn from observing what mom does and copying that. Whereas leopards kind of find things out on their own. Oh, I see. You can socialize they're, they're more, them. They're more used to, to uh, yeah, reinforce behavior. And, and teach them new behavior. And I, leopards I are just like, um, whatchamacallum? Independent. Uh, yes, it's not the more charitable word than I was going to go for, but yes. Savages. Uh, uh, bloody-minded. Ornery. Uh, or ornery, that's a good one. Yes, yeah. that's very So good you one. have the hunting leopard and the ornery leopard. Yeah. I understand that in, in, in zoos, when a cheetah cub is born, it's usually introduced to uh, a, a puppy, a dog, uh, often of a species that's uh, fairly swift, like the the greyhound, one that can, can keep up. Basically emotional support dogs. Like I said, they're, they're quite nervous on their own. And if they had just like have a familiar friend whom they spend all their time with yeah. and who is just clearly not bothered, then they are like, okay, apparently this is not something to be worried about. Yeah, because the uh, dog's comfortable around humans exactly, and the cheetah's uh, comfortable around the dog. Oh, exactly. So then the cheetah looks at the dog and they're like, oh, apparently this is playtime or we're, we're happy about this, so I don't have to be nervous about it. Oh, that's I wonder excellent. If they, I think they only do that for single ones, though. I've never seen that happen with a uh, with Oh, a, when you have a, a, like a little, a little little kittens. Or yes, as you say, a coalition. Yes. Well, it's the, it's the brothers who stick together. And sometimes, like one or more uh, unaffiliated cheetahs of the same age, who both go out one out of wandering after mum disappears, uh, decide to like oh, you, you look all right. It's like friends, yeah, okay, friends. friends. <laughs> and, then they, and then they kind of stick around each other. <laughs> that's that's so cute. And yes, even to the point if one of them goes missing, then they'll they'll be really they'll be very distressed about it. And yeah. It's like seeing looking for their missing brother. Some, well, some, so much of at least mammalian uh, um, uh, perceived animal social structures are essentially love. Like there, there was a lot of uh, uh, attention paid to uh, bunk science about wolves in the mm -hmm. uh, in the early twentieth yeah. century about the the, the, the alpha, alpha and the, the omega and the, and the whole bullshit. Yeah, yeah, all of which was based on observing captive populations of just a bunch of wolves stuck together rather than uh, naturally formed packs, which are families. Yeah, mum, dad, and a couple of cubs, and maybe a few from last year still living in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> Or adoptees, like a, a, a juveniles go out ranging, and uh, so they can they can be adopted. 
No, I didn't know that. Wolves are great creatures. Oh, oh yes. I have wolf puppy oh. kisses. Yeah, I wonder if I, <laughs> I've undoubtedly bragged about it. But yes, they are they are just absolutely, absolutely adorable. They are such cute little 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 dudes up until uh, apparently the terrible twos. Then they turn two and their personality changes. And they go all puberal on you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, and then they become like proper wolves. But up until then, oh, oh yes, yeah, so playful uh. and so adorable. Uh, all, all canine pups are like, like oh... And then there was that bit in the news earlier this week about dogs having developed facial muscles that wolves don't have in order to, uh, be, yeah. able to be able to do their eyebrow thing and like be, to more, do the puppy eyes. be more empathically communi- communicative to humans. Ah, it's empathic? Telepathic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we and got <laughs> the podcast segue award of 2018. <laughs> another contender. <laughs> so, yes, speaking of telepath, uh, let's take a look at the, uh, at the synopsis here. The day after his daughter's wedding, Having waved her off to her honeymoon cruise, retired artist Arthur Robinson sits alone in the park and finally eats the last lunch his late husband made for him, utterly soaked in LSD. Here he is, about to bite into this sandwich. Utterly soaked. So I'm already thinking that whoever wrote that synopsis doesn't know much about, (laughs) like, LSD dosages. Like, a couple hundred micrograms of LSD would be considered soaked. There's there's a little bit of um, popular myth uh, in the book, but you can also tell that the the author has definitely uh, experimented with it himself, or at least listened to some some, some actual first-hand accounts rather than like you know pink elephant i've never actually run into someone who sees who saw a pink elephant on lsd because no, it's not that kind no. of visual there is a scene in the terrible film euro trip where some some teens go on a on an ill-fated journey through various stereotypical uh, caricatures oh, of, yes. uh, of various european cities mm-hmm. and one of them they go to they go to amsterdam and after they come out of club van der sex uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Okay, that's funny, actually. <laughs> and then they wind up like they want to try. They want to try space cake, so they go to a coffee shop and they get served by a by a by a Rastafarian gentleman, and they and they take their cake and eats the whole thing. And he starts sweating, and he starts seeing the 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 walls melt, and he starts seeing pink elephants coming at his like pulling at his shirt and climbing onto the table. And the baker says, "What are you doing?" And he says, "No, I'm freaking out, man. I'm tripping balls." And he says, "No, you're not. This is a bakery." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very good. And that's I guess why it's always good to have a quiet and confident trip sitter because you get out what you put in yeah. as our hero arthur robinson has mm. uh, has always heard about uh i mean substances that he himself has yes. never really well maybe i've missed it but the last sandwich his late husband made for him so that either that's going to be a very stale sandwich or he's had a hell of a week where he lost his husband and had to marry off his daughter oh that is a good point i, I understand that uh, it was quite sudden it was uh, it was unexpected yes um, and so, like, I, I sort of imagine that this was just something that uh, uh, that his husband... His husband Billery? <laughs> yes, husband Billery. Uh, was making for him and then and then regrettably passed away and that was like the last thing that he prepared that in the kitchen billery yes, yes. no i was just preparing myself oh. to say it that billery prepared for his husband arthur in the in in the kitchen like i'll eat that i'll eat that later and, but you know it's like it's, and then it's, later turned to later yes uh, but, so, you know sandwiches like I, I, bread doesn't keep very long and yeah. lsd is not much of a preservative in fact it denatures over time yeah but in the in the in the, in the freezer and then it's just in yeah. the in the yeah just deep freezer yeah, yeah. i mean it's that's mostly, fine for yeah. lsd right it 
it denaturates in the presence of heat and uh, water. Heat and heat and life. Water, oh, light. water not necessarily. No, it's soluble. Um, especially in the US, is a big problem. If it's chlorinated water, that'll break it down. But oh. that's the, it's, the chlor- it's not the water itself. It's the chlorine in the water that does right. it. Right. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it just dissolves in regular water. But like, especially light and heat are the ones that it's very sensitive to. Hey, good practical advice for our readers at home, by the way. Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to preemptively... Pot, pot butter loses potency if you freeze it. <laughs> so let's all make sure that we use it nice and fresh. Just like Billery made this this fantastic sandwich. It was supposed to be a... a, a a celebration like their uh, their daughter I don't believe it was ever specified whether she was from a prior relationship mm-hmm. or through surrogacy or, or that would adopted. have been uh, their daughter Rosabeth yes when I when I read when I read Billery's name I was worried that that was going to be an unfortunate trend of ridiculous name but Rosabeth is actually quite a quite a nice name I thought mm. and it, uh, itself a bit of a oh it's a portmanteau why is that just now occurring to me that this book was utterly was utterly full of portmanteaus yes yes billery and rosabeth and uh, poor poor arthur poor arthur yes who's one of the few people's names who's not a portmanteau no no it's uh, it's just arthur and they, and they and they live there's a very happy family in Jersey. Yes. And I've well, underlined it here so that we all know that it happened in Jersey. In Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, there's, there doesn't appear to be anything to that, does there? No, there doesn't appear. No, my it's spy, just a... My LSD senses are tingling. <laughs> no, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a place where, where some people can live. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, they live there together with their Labradoodle. Their, their Labradoodle, Percy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Percy. The Labradoodle is such a... Like it's an absurd animal, but uh, honestly, all animals are. But it's a, it's a really absurd. handsome dog. Oh yes, and they're very healthy, mm-hmm. and they're very and they're very. Oh, yes. Poodles are not renowned for being like overbred dogs, but Labrador surely are. So a little bit of mixed breeding is usually very good. for Hybrid those. vigor, they call it. Yeah, yeah. When uh, when species uh, hybridize, uh, even when they turn out to be sterile, which happens. Yeah. Uh, well, not so much with dogs. Oh no, I mean, no, no. Okay, within within okay, your own species, okay, it's usually fine. Uh, I suppose I don't, I don't know. Fox, are, are foxes and, and other canines. Can they crossbreed? If their habitats intersect. One of those little hyper yappy little uh, phoenixes. Oh, oh God, the ear foxes. This beautiful video of like this little phoenix sitting there getting his like head and ears rubbed. And it was just like enormous yeah, ears. And it was just going like... Mm. Just blissing out. <laughs> yes, oh. Like, oh, he has so much ear to rub. It's like, yes. yes. <laughs> it's like a Ferengi enjoying... Oh, uh, Max. That's funny. <laughs> uh, a little perfect. <laughs> Phoenix would make good pets for Ferengi. I'm not sure which. I think it's a Star Trek one. And when they're when they're coming in to negotiate, and uh, Picard tries to make a proposition to him, and the Ferengi who's who's talking to on the uh, uh, on the screen. screen, and he goes like, "Well, make your plea." As you humans say, "I'm all ears." <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are so good. Uh, initially in, in, intended to be the, the, the big bad in, yeah, the, in the, the 1980s, the, like the, the Klingon, Klingon the replacement. Yeah, they had the whole whips and like nasty temper. And super and, sexism yes. and, and hypercapitalism. And they, they, they kept the super sexism and hypercapitalism, but it became more of a running gag, gag really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and are destined never to escape from it. No, because of cultural... Uh, yeah, oh well. Escape? Speaking of escape, and I'm trying to ease my way back into a contender for the uh, uh, podcast oh. segue award of, of, yes. of 2018, like, that's a 
a that's a bit of a that's a bit of a theme for like Arthur Robinson has been described as a as a as, as a dutiful husband and father mm-hmm. and uh, a hardworking uh, artist, specifically a cover artist who mm. was uh, in his day, and I thought this was really cool to to see it mentioned. Um, a peer of Lancelot Wuthrington II, oh. a, a cover artist that uh, that we know very well, yes. uh, who's done quite a lot of, if not all, of the book covers that we've ever reviewed. You'd almost start to think he would, but I don't he think keeps he's like cropping up, doesn't he? Master of styles, then, really. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. He's an absolute polymath. Also, very long-lived, very celebrated Yes, <laughs> spanning decades, if not centuries. Yes. Things start to like become entertaining in the way they do when you take some LSD, and it kind of creeps up on you. Everything looks normal, but you kind of. I feel... mean, the first time, like the tab goes under your tongue, you're like, "Oh, this is it. This is it." Now it's happening, and then nothing. And then. I'm still me. Yeah. <laughs> still have ten fingers. I know. Now is the right time to go out the door and do some shopping. And <laughs> everything appears to be fine. I've probably got everything under control for the next, yeah. ooh, 30 to 45 minutes. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, it doesn't kick in that quick. So he's just he's just enjoying an afternoon. And I could really, I can honestly really relate to him in this uh, in this moment. Because, yeah, he's 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 sad on the one hand uh, uh, no, yes. with, with the passing of his husband. He's also incredibly joyous because he's just seen his... Uh, uh, his beloved daughter off to uh, uh, her wedding and her and her honeymoon after her wedding to her yeah yeah and he's got this he's got this sense of completion around him like that's all done and now i can just now i can just sit down and eat a sandwich soaked in lsd yes and talk to the crows uh yes the crows uh who were sort of odinian in their appearance oh, yeah. uh, after uh, the uh, the crows of uh, Norse mythology so that was Hugin and Kissin. Mm. Yeah maybe yes. some 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 lingering desire for affection there yes. manifesting through uh, Hugin and Kissin. Oh yeah. yeah. They're kind of sitting there like observing what he's doing if he's enjoying the sunshine and if that was really wise to eat both halves of that sandwiches at the same time in one go cuz and... yeah you can always have more but you can never have less. No. They seem to say. Yes, and they do the whole thing of, like, left shoulder, right shoulder thing. Yes, I like like, that. (laughs) They have this conversation quite regularly, which I expound in New York, in Central Park. Or was it Central Park? I don't know. No, no, no. It was just Jersey Shores Park or something. Yes, yes, exactly. It's in in Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. Ah. And uh, I didn't know if there was a park. Well, I suppose they have a park Well, no, this is is New Jersey. New Jersey. As opposed to Old Jersey? Where's Old Jersey? Well, no, just New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. But that's in the UK, isn't it? It's okay. a, it's, it's one of the Channel Islands. You have you have Jersey oh, that's and Jersey. Jersey. Yes, of course, oh, it is in the UK then. And on on Jersey, by the way, they speak Gerier. Gerier, which sounds very almost French, but historic, quite Norman. Least. Oh, but, uh, I that thought is... they spoke also some some form of uh, Gallic land down there because I, I remember uh, oh. our uh, mutual French fair. I'm sure he's originally from that area, but oh, yeah, but yeah, when they had Irish fishermen or other people blown yeah. over for a storm, they could just like both of them just spoke their own local dialects, and they could like the East Dutch dialect. Dialect and the German dialect, and the West, they're yeah, almost yeah. identical as long as long as you don't go into uh, uh, into Hochdeutsch. Um, so but, yes, back to New Jersey Shore. That's right. Into the park, yes, where the first animals have started appearing around him yes. in, in the form of the crows of the Hogan uh, uh, and Kissen, Kissen and then yeah. um, a Jersey cow. Oh, appears like yeah. just a just oh, a, a very friendly fun. one that yes. just moses up, just like, moves hello, thinking. Yeah, he goes like, "Hey, what you thinking about?" He's like, "Grass." Mostly grass. <laughs> and, and anything else? Yeah, grass. Um, and then what? Like, grass. And has somebody ever given you a sandwich? And they go, like, yeah. What do you think about nuclear physics? Whoa, uh, hold on, hold on. Um, there's something I'm missing. There's something I'm missing. Never mind. All <laughs> <danger>. <laughs> 
Cows don't die from LSD, do they? Uh, what? There's some animal that's ridiculously sensitive to LSD. Who found that out and why? I th- it might have been cows. I uh, mean, it's one thing to test it on, <laughs> if I recall correctly. Soldiers. Yes, that's right. There is that research uh, uh, film from a, an occasion where British soldiers from, from Her Majesty's military were yep. uh, voluntarily took significant doses of, uh, uh, of LSD. And yep. it was so dryly reported that the, uh, the, 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 the field commanders were no longer able to read the maps and had, had descended into yes. weeping. The prisoner had to help the, his captors uh, take him back to the uh, base camp, even though it was in plain sight across the field. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the accuracy of the bazooka team was significantly has, impaired yeah. oh my god yes and after a while the commander had to like uh, um yeah had to like admit that he was no longer in control of his troops and he had to, <laughs> and they had to block the exercise a lot of people, like a few people freaked out okay so no there was in 1962 two scientists killed a elephant with lsd but it was because he injected a massive overdose into it so it's not okay like there there again like what is science. it with with scientific innovators killing elephants with with their invention or with other people's invention, oh, as, like, as uh, the case of yeah, yeah, the, uh, Thomas Edison killing an elephant with uh, alternating current. Oh, look how dangerous it is! Every one of these uh, hallucinations that uh, that appeared to him while Arthur was sitting on that uh, uh, on that on that park bench was sort of allegorical for like hugging and kissing were were, were very much about his his longing for affection. You know, his uh, yeah, his family, his, which is now gone. Well, uh, yeah, his daughter on our honeymoon, and the and, and the cow sort of. I guess for the the silence of an, an empty house, like that kind of placidity that he uh, that he saw in himself. Uh, now that his his purpose is served, he might as well just be sort of standing around in a field, treading water. It becomes more explicit later in the book, where he's like finds that he can tune into uh, the feelings of the city and the people around it. It's like yes, like he's always been a bit of a uh, empathic empathic person, a sensitive, sensitive. Yeah, yes, I think uh, I think the, was the having, the, the this, having that booted into overdrive here. He he finds he can like yeah reach from Dr- Jersey Shore all the way to the far end of uh, Long Island. Oh uh, yeah, that was like, wild. Suck it the the emotions and the feelings of everybody in t- in the city realizing the 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 title of the book where his his yeah his his sensitivity is amplified as you say and suddenly he's he's sampling almost from from right. all of these emotional experiences that other people are having and they can be early on in their lives where they're feeling passion and excitement or or later even than uh, than he is where they're feeling loss and whereas, uselessness and, 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 and whereas he can't do that with anybody in the park at least oh, no. so i guess maybe that's like the the telepath is yeah. still, still like it's like he can only do it at a distance it's very allegorical for his relationship with his late husband who was oh, always yeah. kind of complaining that he was like yeah, um, uh, no, there was there was there was, was like, inadequacy. You know, oh, yeah, you in don't that, feel in that relationship. You, don't, you don't have any feeling for it, and this and that, and it's like turns out that he could, but only for like people further away and not for people close by. That's pretty deep, honestly. Yes. Like, and it, a little it, sad as well, both for Arthur and for Billery. And I'm having a really hard time combining my sympathy for these characters with the fucking name that the writer gave them. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Olivia the skeleton shows up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, to uh... Olivia the skeleton, I think I think we see either Hugen or Kissin sitting sitting on top of Olivia. Yes, it's, it's kind of unclear. Yeah, but 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 that turns into a bit of a conversation. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, Olivia is just sort of sitting there and does not speak. At that point, he is actually just making it up. He's not even hallucinating. It is he's just like having both sides of the conversation with Olivia. Oh yes, absolutely. But he has he has like plenty of plenty of animals uh, uh, around him, and of course, this leads to the appearance of his guide through his uh, his trip, Sancho Dante. Uh, 
Comes out of the melting clock face. <laughs> yeah. Astride his, astride his little mule wearing his uh, wearing his toga uh, and, and, and leads him into the underworld, which is, like, realistically, it's just up the road, just 20 steps away from the uh, uh, the park bench. But yeah, the I'm underworld of the, the, of the underground. The undulation of the grass. A lot of us can probably relate to this where you're having a very good time inside your own head. Maybe you've uh, uh, you've enjoyed a little libation. Maybe you've enjoyed a, a, a refreshment of the, of the lungs or the nose or whatever you're, you're responsibly consumed a pleasure is and then you're walking down the street and it's a lovely day out and another human being is also walking down the street and you know oh that's one of those regular people whose brain's okay I hope he doesn't know how fucked up I am <laughs> oh look at me I'm getting away with it and you're grinning with so much pride because you remember to, to lift your knee and your elbow as you're walking and like there, a and fucking they, thunderbird and, and they look like what was going on with that person it's like yeah, yeah. and uh, you just look at them uh-huh, I'm doing it I'm getting away with it totally straight nobody's noticing anything oh straights are so easy to fool <laughs> wibble wobble wibble wobble down the street marching along with a plushie tucked under your arm <laughs> yes oh, well, so I'm... after that that 20 pace journey into into the underworld which is just the other side of the park like there's a little t- little, little underpass underneath the uh yeah there's a bit a, of a, alice in wonderland isn't there well, almost it's uh well, I thought so. I mean, the the, the imagery well, of, the, of the tunnel, yes, well, definitely that. Uh, but now also, I mean, he's he's always been such a such a punctual gentleman. I sort of saw him as maybe a little bit of a white rabbit, yeah. someone that uh, that we get to follow. Except, of course, he has a he has a guide, which kind of reverses the role of the white rabbit in uh, in Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Uh, in, in this case, Sancho Dante. Sancho Dante, yeah. It's not really an inferno yet at this point. But it is Jersey, so you know what? In fact, it's, it, it, now that he passes through the, through the tunnel in, in, in the park in Jersey, he winds up in the reversey. Oh. Where everything is kind of, kind of wibbly wobbly. Upside, upside down, Nancy. And upside towny, yeah. Uptown girls. <laughs> I'm holding up, I'm holding up notes that say nurse and girl. Just to show. No, because uh, Jersey Girl, that was his favorite film. But then his, his daughter became oh. a nurse. Uh, who married a man called Jertsey, uh, uh, which caused a bit of controversy. Oh, well, that's, that's happened. <laughs> yes. For the readers of home, I am looking very pleased with myself right now. Yes. I can attest to that. <laughs> um, where are we going to go with this? The book is unclear. It had, a, it had an unusual sort of literary structure of progressively opening up new avenues uh, 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 briefly alluding to uh, various experiences that uh, that Arthur uh, had had in the past or mm-hmm. was having now, and how they related to his relationships with. <sighs> okay, Rosabeth, so far so good. Mm. Billery, what? Uh, Willivia. No, that's the skeleton. That's the skeleton. That's right. Willivia yeah, isn't even right. there. Rosabeth was the daughter. Rosabeth was the daughter mm-hmm. who married Jertsey. Yes. Uh, which I think is Jersey a, is a, the nursing. No, the nursing, she Rosabeth was a nursing, and, like, and she and she married a, yes. a, 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 a Jersey, Jersey who was a, who was a golfer who played in the Jersey Open. Oh dear! There was one more. There was one more there. there. One more. Okay, right. And then there was the meteor shower. I mean, this has <laughs> this has interrupted stories that we've read before. I believe yes. the the very first book that we that we reviewed, uh, Aliens from Space. Um, centered around a meteor shower, uh, it it just seems to be this 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 symbol that reoccurs whenever whenever writers seem not to know yes. what they're what they're well, going to do I next. I think that was more of a um, um, it was a bit, bit of a lead in. It's like you no, know, the the whole bright sparkling 
affair. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, suddenly, the, the, suddenly the massively fascinating sight, and it's probably just the fireworks across the river, but, you know, you never know. But oh, uh, yeah. it led a bit, in my opinion, to the to the big epiphanos that he had uh, towards the end of the book. <laughs> yes. Which is like, you know, it's like, yeah. just like the meteor shower branched through his vision. He went, it's all right to be sad, and but life goes on. And it's like one of those things that seem really deeply really profound, profound when you're like tripping balls. <laughs> yes, And exactly. later you come like, well, I kind of knew that already, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Or like it didn't, it didn't really matter. When you walk a mile in your shoes, you'll probably need to buy new shoes sooner or later. And it's all yep. spirals is the other thing it's all it's spirals it's all spirals that's another one of those it's like, epiphanots like, it's, it's like, like it's all onions it's some bullshit about about shoes and then it's all about spirals, it's all spirals. to be honest i think like like coming back to the cover like the leopard that was just a dude in a fursuit who was uh just, yes <laughs> yes that was absolutely unquestionably but some guy was like like his first suit some first doing like a little yeah doing like, some, some some charity work as uh, as our fairy friends do makes me wonder what sancho dante uh, or even Willivia were were those also just real people just I just sitting there? It symbolizes more the, the the emptiness in his life, you know, that it was just yeah. the bones left over, all the all the joys of the flesh were gone. Uh, in the in oh, like picked clean perhaps by hugging and kissing oh. and the oh yeah well that there seems to be more to this book than we th- we thought at first well Funny certainly because goes. the uh, the inscription at the beginning you know how some books start with a with a with a fancy quotation yeah. uh, uh, they're supposed to really ponder uh, uh, a dune did that every uh, uh, every chapter was oh, yeah. uh, was headed by some supposedly historical uh, uh, fiction that Quote, of yeah. course uh, Frank Herbert himself wrote and this was well the 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 curious phrase mir schwebschibo estas angeloplena. Um, I don't know what Schwebschipo means. Schwebschipo. Schwebschip. Oh. Did you get it? Yes. Hovercraft. Yes, I figured that yeah. as much. Well, okay, because and this Ankoplena is... would be full of eels. Full of eels, yes. that is correct. Yes, very good. Oh, I didn't realize that you also spoke uh, Esperanto. I did which not. Is... <laughs> well, I think I have a few, maybe a few of the like dictionaries have seeped into my brain. Uh... Well, ex- there you go. That was originally designed to be an easy-to-learn, easy-to-absorb second language for yes. uh, speakers of European languages, of course. But this phrase, you can sort of guess what it is if you, if you kind of squint and mm-hmm. it's sort of like like Mia, my obviously estas is that one's fairly yes. clear. Angulo plena like anguilla uh, uh, eel in French, and then I love yeah. that like ple- apparently. So plena, I think, is full. So you can you can also say estas plena uh, de or di plena plenty, I suppose. Is like, I, I think yeah. that's the I think that's the indication. The but it's it's eelful in Esperanto. Yeah, no, my hovercraft is eelful, and I just okay. no, love that. Like that this. is that is my new favorite uh, way to, to 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 indicate that anything is in anything else. So, um, and of, of of course, I mean, we can all understand the the incredible depth and wisdom of this phrase that originally emerged from a sketch in Monty Python, uh, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it there is, we go. As far as I'm uh, aware, I think they can. In fact, the, the it's been copied many, many times yeah. all over the place. But uh, yes, and I the, think it was someone that inserted that as a joke. Into, I think it was the Finnish phrase book or something. Oh, very good. Yes, uh, I mean and it's, it's a, like the, somewhere later in on the episode they like put out this police report that they're looking for the person who like uh, vandalized the uh, vandal, van, vandalized <laughs> yeah. the Finnish English dick. Uh, uh, Hungarian, 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 that's the one. Hungarian, yes, yes, it was possible. the other one of the Finno-Ugric isolates. Yes. They're easy to mix up. <laughs> they're impossible to mix up. Yeah, not if you speak either. It's like, yeah. 
But so I think the profundity of this phrase sort of speaks for itself. And we needn't like insult the intelligence of our of our readers at home by explaining to them the, the beautiful literary symmetry of this phrase, Mia Schwebschipo, Estas Angelo Plena, and how it relates to the, the various aspects of the story that we've no, touched on no, so no, far. Let's not, let, no. let's not like make it... We're, uh, we're all experienced readers here. Yes. Let's not insult their intelligence. And <laughs> so... Uh, Given the the unexpectedly sublime uh, literary like rhythm to this this really well constructed book, where it's 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 quite obvious even in our description now that Spider Robinson had a very clear idea of exactly where he was going from the start and hit the exact necessary narrative beats uh, in order to arrive at the very well defined and satisfying conclusion. No, no, well, he did a little bit of a Mozart, you know, it's a little bit too many notes, but uh, uh, then again, <laughs> yeah, you, just you, take some out. You would say that like yeah, removing or changing even one of would be taken away from the total. Yeah, like, would, would diminish the whole. Mr. Salieri said, that's the word he used. Very good. Okay, so how many Salieri's out of Mozart? How are we going to rate Ooh, this book? Well, What's, I, actually, you're familiar with, uh, with, with Herr Mozart's oeuvre a bit more than, uh, than I am. Ooh, a little you were bit. able to name some oh. of them where, where I struggled. You were once able to name at least one, so even. I think he has at least 626 works. 626, that many. That's well, quite a lot. that's based on the fact that his requiem is Kachelverzeichnis 626. Kachelverzeichnis? It's Mr. Kachel, who was a, a, oh, German, was a German scholar yes. who, was, who sat down to classify all of Mozart's works. Right. And so he basically assigned, because a lot of them have like similar titles, like you know, Piano Overture for Four Strings or something like that. Ah, uh, and yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, started assigning them a number. And I assume he did it more or less chronologically. Chronologically, in as much as he was able to. Like the Requiem was one of the last pieces he composed. So it's like it's going to be somewhere in that uh, order of magnitude. Okay. Because I thought Kachel was like fireplace or, or oh, uh, central heating. No, it's yeah. Kachel. It's a C K O umlaut. Uh, oh, Kachel. Ah, okay. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Yes, uh, so I would give it a coronation, which would be Piano uh, Concerto number 26 in D major. <laughs> also known as Kachelverzeichnis 537. Out of 626, uh, a very satisfying. <laughs> I would say that's a good grade. Yeah, I think, I think Spider Robin should be, should be very happy that his book Telempath has been so, so well and truly reviewed by well, you know you know what they say in ratatouille the reviewers have the easiest job it's like it's they only have to be critical and they can pick things apart easily and it's like yeah that's not true the, we're not the creators we, we just no we're exactly just the reviewers we, we, we really do have a just an easy job i mean we just I mean, read the book about it well yeah <laughs> well, yeah there's that speaking of reviews while we love being your dirty little secret we also love it when you share that dirty little secret with a uh, with a friend especially if that friend is called say itunes or spotify or you get your 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 podcast but even more than that we would just love to hear from you uh, uh you can find us on twitter at cover my Asscasts, uh cover my Asscasts at gmail.com cover my Asscasts.com, like a whole plethora of, of locations Anything with cover my uh, ass cast no, do not go to cover my ass on twitter no oh. <laughs> no we do not oh lordy 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 if that's your thing by if all means go no, there but, but just don't yeah. expect any literary reviews there yeah that you won't you won't find oh good lord There's so much for uh uh, uh this week's book. Thank you for reviewing it with uh, with me. That was an excellent selection. It was. It was and what do we have in store for our readers next week? Next week's book is Mark Lay's famously acclaimed Pets with Tourettes. <laughs> I love it when it much. And that about covers it. Thank you for joining us at Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. Remember, we only judge a book by its cover. Bye! Bye! Now! Yeah.
Somebody's seen Bart before hours. <laughs>